Wait, does anyone have to pee? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Talking PS5s. Three guys, three PS5s. We are talking PS5s, nothing else but PS5s. Uh, we're superior to all of you because we all have PS5s. Um, uh, that is correct. Nah, I'm kidding. That is correct. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum, the horror podcast of the Ruminations Radio Network. Uh, be sure to check out ruminationsradionetwork.com where you can find out all of the other shows that we got going on on this network. There's some pretty good stuff out there. Uh, today, I am your host, uh, Mr. PS5, uh, the PS5 guy. I, I'm in love with it. I mean, but we'll get, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, I'm your host, Brendan, uh, Mr. Fantastic. And today with us, as always, we have the, uh, sickly Victorian ghost child himself. Uh, <laughs> that was, that's terrible. Uh, Ian with. Living up to my name, baby. Sick again. Um, good. Feeling, you know, as good as I can. A lot of mucus going on. It's good, though. It's good. What you got in that bottle? Water. Yeah. It looks a little very, cloudy. Very to be just, just water. Just water. Just water. And also... You heard him. You know him. You love him. He writes with a number two pencil. He's number one in all of our hearts. That's dude, Kyle. I love it. I love that one, dude. It, it brings a smile to my face every time you say it. Fuck Ian. By the way, um, this week, uh, my weekly wreck is going to be uh, the last of the show. Wait, uh, can we uh, can we just touch on that real quick? Yes. Um, just so uh, I'll I'll let you take that. Just so since we talked about how we were gonna cover. Uh, the Last of Us, and there's been a little bit of a change. So, if you just want to, could you give the audience a little uh, update on our coverage of that show? Yeah, I bitched out, and uh, I got a little emotional just listening to the uh, episode one of The Last of Us, and realized that uh, I didn't, um, I didn't cover it as like I wanted it to, or like I wanted to. So, um, I need to take a, a little bit of a break. I'm gonna watch a couple episodes of the show, and then we're gonna go back. We are going to go back to the show, I promise you. But um, I don't know if I'm going to be hosting. I might try to convince one of these two gentlemen to host um, a couple of the episodes. But um, I just, when it comes to things that I'm really into, I get really um, emotional with them. Like things I'm really passionate about. And The Last of Us is one of my favorite games of all time. And I get really just, I, like, I don't even know where I want to start. Like I just want to talk about everything all at once. And um, I think that having somebody with uh, less of a bias and a more clear head would be a better host for those episodes. And so um, I think going forward, um, one of you guys will be doing it. But we will be covering the rest of season one. All right. Well, uh, since we kind of broached that topic already, um, and you said that would be your weekly rec, um, do you just want to give us a, just a little insight on one of the greatest hour and 25 minutes of television history ever? Yeah, I'll I'll keep it brief because we'll be covering the episode. Yeah. But uh, the night that it came out, um, I wasn't able to watch it because I had to work. But Twitter was blowing up with nothing but positive praise for the sh- or for the episode um, to the point to where I got annoyed with it. I was like, "There's no fucking way it's, <laughs> it's that good. Like, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way. Not because like uh, it's the Last of Us, but I mean, I knew this episode was focusing on Bill." And the last two episodes of, of the show, or the first two episodes of The Last of Us show, I enjoyed, but it didn't derive that much from the game. Mm-hmm. So I thought that they, would, they were going to continue that. And I was like, Bill's, Bill's Town's cool in the game. Bill's chapter's awesome. Uh, but you didn't get a lot of screen time with Bill. So I knew going into it, we were going to have some Bill and Frank action going on. But I didn't know that they were going to change the entire like continuity. Or, or like create its own continuity, I guess, mm-hmm. and like adapt it in its own way. And this is the first time in any video game to live action adaptation where I almost prefer the live action adaptation. I 
was blown away by this episode. The acting is insane. It's emotional. Mm-hmm. Dom was balling. I was holding back tears. Uh, they turned Bill's character. Bill was already an interesting character, but there was a lot that you kind of had to piece together through environmental storytelling and uh, notes and things like that that you would pick up in the environment. It was nothing that was presented to you visually. So you, you kind of uh, put the pieces together yourself in your head, almost like reading a book. But in this, it it gave an hour and a half specifically to Bill, and it was a fucking masterful episode from beginning to end. I I loved it. It it brought the spirit of me wanting to cover the show back. Oh, good. Definitely. Good. Definitely. It reignited it for sure. Because I will say that within the, uh, with the first two episodes, um, with them retracing the game so accurately and faithfully, there was almost very little for me to talk about that wasn't going to resemble me just almost wanting to talk about the game because it was almost like identical. This derives so far from it, but it still stays close and respectful to it that it's like, it's very interesting and I want to talk about more, but we'll save that for another episode. But yeah, I, I highly recommend if you're not checking out The Last of Us, go watch the show on HBO. And I, I kind of like how it's almost like a standalone episode. Like you yeah. could just watch that episode. If you know it's a zombie show, you could just watch that episode and understand everything. It's so beautiful. It's so fucking beautiful. Like it's it's so good. And like I did not that 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 is with me coming into it with like a pessimistic almost attitude of like can't be as good as they're saying it is. And it it overturned that that train of thought. So and that rarely fucking happens. And it's not even because it's Last of Us. It's because of how they executed it. It's like, it's, it's so well done. You heard it here, folks, from one of the most cynical voices on, uh, in the Ruminations radio network. You heard it here. Uh, Ian, what is your uh, weekly recommend? Try and follow that up. I don't think Yeah, I was going to say, um, uh, no. <laughs> I mean, I could, yeah, yeah, no. I'm just going to leave it with that. Okay. The Last of Us. No, no weekly wreck from Ian. Um, mine is going to be. I was struggling on this one because uh, I did watch the new Neil Marshall movie, uh, the dude who did The Descent. Um, but there were some issues with it, so I think that my weekly recommendation is going to be uh, another tentative one of Dying Light Two. Um, I don't remember the first one. A whole hell of a lot, uh, but I like in this one. Huh? It's so good. The first one's like so so good. It's like one of the top ten best zombie games ever made. In my you opinion. you like it more than the second one? Oh, yeah. yeah. The 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 story just feels off on the second one. I don't. I feel like for some reason I don't care about any of the characters or or anything that's happening. But I'm enjoying the uh, the mechanics of the game. I like how. I can't remember in the first one. Is there a, is sneaking a big part of it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I, I, especially I like, at night and stuff. Okay. Well, I like how they implemented the the sneaking in this game, especially with like the the where you're with Harkin or Heron, whatever his name is, and you're sneaking through the hospital to get the uh, that wristwatch thing. Um, it it just feels to me very unbalanced because even though i have you know some decent weapons and i'm like four or five hours in if there's like three zombies after me i'm immediately getting hit and tackled maybe that's just because maybe i'm just not good at the game um but it feels obviously you have to level up the skill tree and everything like that but i just feel like it's uh combat wise very unbalanced I thought it was a weird direction to ditch Kyle Crane, the main actor or the main character from the first game. He was so cool. And like it ended on such a climax that it set up a sequel perfectly. And then the the setting in two is just not on par with one. Like uh Haran in the first game, like traversing that city with parkour is so much fun and running from the zombies and just like it's mirror's edge meets day of the dead it's like so fucking cool but the there's not a lot of tall buildings into there's not a lot of structures that that make traversing the city very fun and i think the combat's pretty off balance in the second game in the very beginning um okay it 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 picks up for sure and i'm 
I've I've been told that the games, like the second half of the game, you go to a different environment that kind of resembles the first game a little bit more. Oh, but right. I didn't even get that far. I kind of fell off of the game, but um, I yeah. fell off for other reasons. It was kind of I was kind of losing interest a little bit, and then there was like a bunch of problems with the achievements and stuff. So I I stopped playing until they patched it. But I'm I still want to go back. Fair enough. Um, it, the the really last thing that I just want to touch on. This is not horror related, but. Uh, I love the haptic feedback on these mm. controllers. I, I I I played the game you told me to, Kyle. Astrobot. Yes. Yeah. It's, um, it's like the little little robot guy. Yeah. It's just it's, it's fun. It's so cool what you can put inside of a controller to just enhance that experience. Um, it just for instance, the rain on the controller in in the. In that uh, game, you know, you can feel the rain on the controller and the 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 adaptive or the the, the trigger. You know, um, there's just it's so many cool things that they put in such a small uh, piece of technology. All right. Yep. yep. <laughs> uh, so today we're not here to talk about Playstations, although we could we could completely change the uh, the course of this episode. Um, we are not going to. Today, we are discussing the 1997 sci-fi horror film written by Philip Eisner, who has never made another good movie in his life, and directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, who has also never made another good movie in his life. False. Uh, facts. <laughs> hey, 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 at least I got one. Um, we are talking about the film Event Horizon. Uh, this film had a budget of $60 million, hit a box office of $42 million. At the time of its release, it was both a critical and a commercial failure, although it has gone on to re- to uh, have a very large cult following. Um, it's been referenced in Rick and Morty. Um, it's been referenced in tons of other movies, shows, parodies. Um, this uh, It even has a... a beautiful uh, uh scream factory release uh which i want to get uh there has there was a bit of a troubled production behind this film which uh, i'm sure we'll get into there's some lost scenes some beautiful deleted scenes uh paramount being a little bitch baby because titanic wasn't uh hitting their schedule on time uh so let's start with any meeny miny ian uh, have you seen this film before um and i guess uh throw that into your uh first reactions where'd you watch it when you add it all that jazz <clears throat> so i am one of the very few uh paul ws anderson fans um i grew up on his movies uh they're fun they're super dumb and fun and i enjoy them as a little kid and i enjoy them now uh this one I watched a little later in life uh, as my first time viewing. Um, so this is a rewatch. Um, I would add it to my collection for sure. Um, it's a solid, it's a very solid sci-fi film. Very solid. Um, it's got pretty much everything you want. Uh, it's got a stack cast. It's got um, that isolation feel. It's, uh, it's, it's very solid. Kyle. What's everything you want? everything you want uh you want you know the feel of emptiness in space they're trapped right they're not they're not going to get home even when there's hope there it's it's very little it's by a little cunt hair as they would say um got it's got monsters it's got uh psychological thrills um hallucinations it's great Oh, Kyle, you looked like you were going to say something. No, I just like his his psychological thrills. <laughs> in there. I thought it was... um, Kyle, what about you? Uh, actually, since Ian kind of went into a little bit about uh, Paul W.S. Anderson, uh, do you have any uh, any background with, with uh, Paul? Uh, we call him Paul here, a good friend of the show. Um, I wish. Uh, I wish. Ha- have you seen it before? Would you watch it? Would you add it? All that jazz um this is my first viewing of event horizon surprisingly because 97 was a big year for me starship troopers final fantasy 7 ocarina of time i was living the dream mario 64 i was a little kid love that year you were Um, seven eight ten ten no nine oh you were born in 88 that's right yeah i was nine 
seven, nine. <laughs> Can't do math apparently. Uh, but Event Horizon, yeah, it's uh, not a great movie. Um, I did not enjoy it as much, yeah, dude. Hey, I feel that heartbreak. Is trust me, I felt it too when I was watching it. Um, this this movie wasn't very good. I don't actually. I take that back. I get the hype. I understand why people like it. Um, I didn't think it was deserving of the praise that it gets. Uh, this was um, typical Paul W. S. Anderson. It's it's weird. It's like very poorly paced, very bad uh, writing. He didn't write it, to be fair. Uh, the guy who wrote it uh, wrote a couple other really bad movies. So it shows. Um, he has a fucking terrible writer. Terrible writer. And it shows really bad. Um, but just the dialogue is cheesy, but not in a good way. Uh, God, what's the one that kind of broke me? I think it was the part where, uh, what's his name? Sorry, uh, his name Cooper. When Cooper literally the explosion jettisons him out of the atmosphere of Neptune, and he's like the, he's floating in space on a debris, and it it, it has that Superman nineteen seventy something thing when like Zod is in the crystal, and he's like, yeah. and then like Cooper goes like while spinning outside in his suit, he's not even containing anything. He's like, "What does this shit always happen to me?" <laughs> As I'm like, "What is going on?" And then he has an oxygen tank that bursts him through the atmosphere. Not only gets him back into the atmosphere. But re he redirects he somehow redirects himself on an oxygen tank and lands not only on the planet but on the window of the space station from that perfect get the fuck out of here. This movie is not good. That being said, uh, it's got some really cool kills, really cool gore. The special effects are pretty dope. The set design is really interesting. Uh, the set design guy is um, he did a couple really good stuff. Uh, Crispian Salas. He did the set design for Aliens, Twelve Monkeys, Gladiator. He 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 yeah, knows yeah. this shit, and it it looks great. That like the the whole ship looks awesome, and um, yeah, there's there's a lot of good takeaways from the movie. I thought the finale was fun. Uh, it's just it's 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 a shit. It's a Paul W S Anderson movie, and and that's like it's 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 all over it. It's all over it. There's a lot of Paul W.S. Anderson films that I think are shit that have really fun moments, though. Like, I don't think Mortal Kombat's a great movie, but I, I enjoy a lot of that. Uh, there's um, a lot of Alien vs. Predator that I like, even though I think that's a really bad film. I think this is just a trend with me and Paul W.S. Anderson. I don't like his films, but there's things in them that I do enjoy. Would I add this to my collection? I think I would. And... Uh, where did I watch it? Oh, I rented it on Apple TV. Harsh thing to say for a friend of the podcast, Paul. Um, <laughs> well, he just said uh, he would, you know, buy his movie. So, oh, it's... that's true. That's true. And yeah. I gave him money. I I rented it. Yeah. Uh, unlike this fucking. Never mind. Sorry, go ahead. I've given uh, him plenty of money. Cut out. Um. I have seen this film a few times. This is my first time in probably four or five years watching it. Um, I do own it on DVD, um, but uh, it is back at my apartment, and since I'm still in Pennsylvania, I rented it last night on uh, Prime, I think. I rented it. I rented it on one of the rentable services. Uh, I think this movie is fun as hell. I'm, I'm supremely bummed that we couldn't get the two hour 10 minute original cut of this movie and i think kyle a lot of your issues with this movie were i, I think you said a uh, cheesy writing um i think bad that writing, bad writing cheesy bad writing. dialogue um cheesy dialogue i think that a lot of the comedic elements were initially put in place to offset the the overwhelming dread and gore and violence in this film because i think if we were to get what what uh paulie would have wanted i think i think that we would have needed those moments of levity to to take us out of it because this is a dark fucking movie 
uh, Sam Neill even goes on to to describe uh, the, Le- the Leviathan as uh, pure chaos. And I think that this film does a great job at representing the idea of pure chaos. Uh, Kyle, are you smirking? I took my glasses off. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm smirking a little bit. <laughs> Yo, you, oh, were you going to say something? I got nothing to say. I got nothing to say. Oh, okay. Um, I, yeah, I find this movie incredibly fun. Uh, I think that visually it holds up. I Writing, not so much, but uh, I think that it takes such an interesting direction that the cheesiness of it, um, I find kind of uh, endearing, if that's the uh, if that's the correct word. So, uh, would you guys consider this uh, a B movie? Because I've I've seen a lot of people describe it as a B movie, and I. I yeah, because I couldn't find any correlation. So okay, all right. Well, there goes my uh, first of minimal questions. <laughs> I think that I think that this is uh, just another one of his films, which is like ninety percent of his films, where it's just a bad director that gets a lot of money to make a film. <laughs> now that one hurt. <laughs> See, I, I I don't think he's that bad of a director though. I was I was just fucking so, around when I said that earlier. And Ian, you 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 like you like a good uh, amount of his stuff. Um, oh yeah, I love almost every one of his movies. Oh yeah, because Death Race is probably one of my favorites, or is my favorite. And um, Alien vs Predator was my favorite growing up. But, I mean, to like a ten year old kid, that's a insane movie. So that's it's pretty bias, I would say. Alien vs. Predator has a lot of good things to it. It's awesome. And Mortal Kombat. It's awesome. <laughs> Mortal Kombat's good. I love Mortal Kombat's Kombat. good. But Death Race. See, no one talks see, about oh, Death Race. See but, see, but that's the thing. My Mortal Kombat is your Alien vs. Predator. Because Mortal yeah. Kombat for me came out, like I, like, I watched out when I was like eight or nine. Mm-hmm. And, and you watched AVP when you were like around that age. So. Yeah. That was our Paul W.S. Anderson's. Wow, look at that. Yeah. And he just seems like such a young name. It's so weird to think of him as like a 90s director. Yeah, like early 90s. Yeah. So how did uh, how do you guys feel about the... Uh, so like I said, I think that visually this film holds up a lot. Kyle, you brought up the the set design, which was uh, almost specifically modeled after the, uh, the cathedral in... Um, where is that place where it burnt down? Romania, where was the big cathedral? Rome, Rome. Uh, so I, I think visually uh, this film holds up very well. Uh, practically, though, I think that this film uh, really succeeds on the uh, the practical aspects of it. Uh, did you guys have a favorite? I, I, I again, sorry, my notes on this are are a little bit sparse. Um, did you guys have a favorite kill or a favorite practical effect? Go ahead. Oh, yeah. um, so I like when Lawrence Fishburne is in the room with the core, the reactor, and um, you have the, um, what's his name? Oh, my God. Sam Neill's character. Weird. 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 Um, he's in the the tunnels. I like the hallucination there, and I like the hallucination um, that Lawrence Fishburne is experiencing too. The water seems very murky and seems very uh, like shallow, mm-hmm. and then you see like someone rising from it. it. It was a cool effect. I liked it. I like the dialogue when uh, Sam Neill and Lawrence Fishburne get into a fight, and Lawrence Fishburne goes, "You come back here, Mister." I did. I <laughs> really <laughs> seems. <laughs> Um, no, I think that the coolest, um, practicals for me was when, um, Peter's Kathleen Quinlan's character fell from the ceiling through that hole and landed on the grates and like her Mm, body just like impacted and kind of jumped up and down, but like her, her face and like the, the gore and the blood on her, just like everything looked really cool. And like when her body made impact, um, it looked re like it didn't look fake. It didn't look fake. It looked really real and like kind of. Yeah, it looks solid. Yeah, it looked very solid. Well, and this is the film that she died on, so it's. Uh, I think it was a. Wait, what? Is that real? Yeah, she died in that scene. No, she did. Nah, I'm kidding. Oh my God, 
Okay. I was like, but she was in Apollo 13 next year. <laughs> they filmed it first. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. um, that did come out first. I uh I really my I think my favorite has to be uh Jesus Christ. Uh has to be the uh, the makeup on Sam Neill when he gets all uh all cut up and shit. I, he's like digging into his skin. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And uh also the the sh- so uh, admittedly the shot where his eyes are gouged out looks a little um looks a little iffy. Um but I I think it's, it's 97 though. Yeah, yeah but it, yeah, yeah it's, but it's it's the idea of it that and you know that kind of uh when we were talking about Anaconda, you know, one of my issues is how I think it kind of looks like shit. And now here I am trying to uh, to to talk this movie up, even though you know the a lot of the uh, the digital elements of this are just as shitty as Anaconda. Dude, Escape from LA came out a year prior to this, Yo. and if you tell me right now in the face in these pupils that the CGI in Escape from LA is worse than the CGI in this, you are fucking crazy. Because it was terrible in this movie. The, terrible. The CGI in Escape from and it came LA out a is year terrible. Later. Wait, what's up? The CGI in Escape from LA is terrible. Are we? Look at the we're, surfing we're scene. The we're surfing comparing. scene. You can't. You can't. We're comparing now, though. If we're comparing these two films, <clears throat> yeah. let's say they're both shitters CGIs, mm. right? If we're comparing <laughs> two two shitter CGIs, this one takes the crown as the shittiest. Hundred no. percent. You, know, you guys so. will never be able to convince. No, me. no. Ever. And it came out no. after. No. Done. Thank you. No. <laughs> I think you're in the wrong here, but I don't. I don't care to argue with you. So <laughs> we can leave it as it is. That 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 could be a very contentious that, conversation. That's a hot take for sure. For you're sure. telling me the water that he surfs on is what looks bad during the surfing part, or just him on? One like, of the many the things. Whole screen screen? The whole green screen? All of it. Gotcha. Yeah, the whole movie. It's pretty bad. Um, I love but it. I a will great movie. say, some of this CGI does look pretty bad. Like with the, uh, the, the water. And, <laughs> the water's bad. Uh, and then the, like, the cup that's in the beginning that hits the water uh, bottle, it okay. looks like straight up like a 90, like Doug. Like, like Doug, the cartoon show, like a 90. Like they took, they, like, they took like animation from a 90s kids show and input it in this film. Sorry, go ahead. So I have a question. Um, so everything was frozen, right? Everything was frozen. But there was a water bottle that was like moving, that had moving liquid inside of it. Did they just want to do that to show the CGI or? Show it off. <laughs> to show it off. <laughs> so show how better it was than um, Escape from LA. Exactly. Uh, they're like John Carpenter who, man. John Carpenter who, look at this. No continuity, but hey. Um, so the, the cast in this is is fairly stacked. Actually, the cast in this is beyond amazing. Uh, even for a 97 movie, oh, some of these yeah. actors hadn't really necessarily hit their prime yet. Um, I think Sam Neill is, is an example of someone who uh, necessarily doesn't get all the credit I think he deserves. I think he's a brilliant actor. Um, absolutely so uh, this question is twofold um one how do you how do you feel about sam neil as a villain do you think that he was that he is able to uh really portray a villain because i always kind of look at him as as a bit of a good guy um and two who was your favorite actor or uh, who uh who do you think actor performed character. Oh, yeah. Actor. Yeah. Who do you think uh, performed best in their role? Kyle, I'm going to hit you first. Thank you. The negative guy first. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, uh, Sam Neill, his character was really weird to me because they brought him on board ju- just from his character arc. They brought him on board to be kind of like this, uh, this guide of sorts um, because he you know, built the technology that you know, they were using to get out there and check on the SOS and all that kind of stuff. And then they didn't listen to a word he said the whole movie. Every time they asked his his opinion, he would say his opinion and then they'd get mad at him for saying his opinion. Yeah. And then on the other hand, on the flip side, um, he's the one having hallucinations. And then whenever, whenever somebody brought up the fact that they were having a hallucination, he would play it off like it wasn't real. 
um, when he was experiencing it. That didn't make a lot of sense. Uh, him being thrown into the villain thing at the very end seems kind of sudden and very unwarranted. Not unwarranted, I'm sorry. Seemed like undeserved, I guess. Like it just kind of happened and he became like the devil's arbiter or something. I don't know. But uh, it was fine, I guess. Uh, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. It was just, he, he looked really cool. Um, he didn't really have a lot of screen time as the villain, uh, but it, it just didn't build up in a cool way for me. It was just, he was just all of a sudden like the guy, the villain, after being almost nothing the entire movie. Could I, could I just hit you with a quick rebuttal on why I think he acted the way he did? Sure, yeah. I mean, um, so I... Get ready. No, this is no, this is not a reach. No, I, um, good, good. I think the reason that he kept blowing people off when they were saying that was because basically, I think he became possessed moments upon stepping foot on the ship. So his role, as as you said, as kind of the the devil's arbiter, his role was to basically gaslight people into staying on board until the devil could could basically kill as many people as possible. So. I I do think it is kind of funny and suspect about how he has a vision and then someone's like, yo, I just saw this crazy thing. And he's like, nah, man, you're good. Um, it, it is kind of funny, but I think that it really plays into the whole pure chaos aspect of it. No, I mean, that was obvious that that's yeah. what they were doing. I just don't think they executed that well. Okay, like, okay, that's fair. Yeah, like they didn't leave any subtle hints that he was playing them. Like there was no... Uh, things they found throughout the ship that like he fucked with or tried to like mess up, you like the, like like there was no buildup of him doing that. It just you were they, they kind of just like set that up, but didn't didn't lay out any groundwork after that. It was kind of just like here it is. But that yeah, that was kind of obvious. But I, I just don't think they executed it very well. Yeah, that's fair. Well, I mean, it shows like he he's a little sus in the beginning when they first board the ship and he's like, be careful with my fucking precious little ship. And then he's like, yeah, I got to be I got to be the first one on on the ship. And Lawrence Fishburne's like, nah, dude. Nah. So he so you guys think that he was already possessed prior to boarding the ship? Uh, I mean, he had to have some kind of knowledge of what he built in the first place. So, yeah, that's, that's what I think. I would say yes. Well, I mean, he just built the slip space drive, right? To. For he built the core. He built yeah, the ship. He built the Leviathan. He built the Leviathan. That's just for light speed travel, though. Like I don't. No, think- uh, he built the circular Leviathan thing. That's yeah, for light speed travel, right? He built the teleportation thing. The light speed travel. Yeah. Well, they pull, fold the paper in half. Bring it out. Yeah, he did. So he had to have some co- some sort of connection, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Because why would he not want to go on the first mission is my initial thought, if that's the case. Maybe to see if it was actually... Because he couldn't... if He couldn't really open the portal on Earth because then, you know, he would immediately be taken. So I think... It's that- not a portal, though. You guys understand that, right? It's not a portal. It's just light speed travel. That's what that core thing is. But it like, creates. They said it, light speed travel isn't possible, so they're opening up a black hole yes. to travel through it to knock yes. them out on another one. So yeah, but I'm saying so yeah. Okay, so I'm just not a science order. major. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold I'm on. Just repeating what I heard look, in the movie. Look, 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 look. This is an argument. <laughs> uh, like I'm trying to, like I'm trying to get on the same page as you guys. So just to make it clear, the portal exists, but as far as their knowledge is concerned. It's not like it's only transporting them from one to another location that they they pick. Yes. Right. So unless they picked hell as their destination, I don't think that they would have any like thoughts that that's a, where it would take them. You know what I mean? Well, well, no, the the hell is the in between. Yeah. Like from point A to point B, this is like the string they're going on. I didn't I didn't see it like that. I think that's what it is. I think that their destination winded up being somewhere that they didn't know, which was this location that is never described or explained. Oh, and, and I don't know Ian, right. Ian, I, I, I'm 
obviously a little bit more inclined to agree with you on that topic, but I think, Kyle, this goes back to what you were saying, that that's a product of the of the bad writing from what's his name dizzy gillespie whoever wrote this um i it that's a product of the bad writing because ian i think that you're inferring what the writer was trying to say mm-hmm. but wasn't good enough to subtly say it so rather than him flat out saying it he was hoping that someone could pick up these fragmented ideas and I'll say these dumb fragmented ideas that he was putting out there bit by bit. And I, I think that you're kind of hitting the nail on the head of what he was trying to say, but he was too bad of a writer to actually say. Yeah, I'm only going off of that based on uh, a couple of the things that Sam Neill said. So maybe I misunderstood what he was saying. Well, he, was, he was also speaking with some weird accent. I, I, I had no well, clue. There should have been subtitles for him because it was like he was speaking a whole different language. I didn't. I didn't notice that. I'm, I'm kidding. I, he he has oh. like a, he has like a, a thin British accent type. Thing. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Brennan, your sarcasm is so. I, I it's it's so too bad. good. It's no, too good. It's so bad. I. <laughs> it's it's insane. Um, but to answer your previous question, I think my favorite actor in this film is Jason Isaacs. He's a DJ. He he plays the trauma. What what is his role? He's like a psychiatrist, maybe a doctor. Uh, is know. is that the guy that gets uh, s- stuck in the airlock, or is that the guy that gets strung up? He's Malfoy's dad in Harry Potter. He's Malfoy's dad in Harry Potter. Uh, but he's the guy. Um, I mean, he's the quiet one. He's the one that's always in like yeah. the medical bay. He kind of plays the um, the android role. In a way, yeah, a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, okay. That, that's I like that. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So that dude, I think uh, he's a great actor, and uh, I really liked him in this movie. But uh, I also like Sean Pertway. Pertway. Oh, that's Pertwee. the uh, that's the commander of the first exp- ex- expedition, right? Mm, he's he plays Smith, so he's um he's the like Irish dude. Mm. Oh, yeah, I like him too. He's in Dog Soldiers. I think he's in Game of Thrones as well. But he's an amazing actor. I, I love seeing him on screen. Even if I can't understand some of what he's saying. Because he's speaking a different language. <laughs> there you go. Oh, he's in Gotham as well. Yeah. He plays Pennyworth. Penny, Penny's worth Alfred. And he's in Equilibrium. I, he's a great actor. I love him. I love seeing him. Well, so my... Uh, curious as to your guys' thoughts. I've never been a huge fan of opening uh, title scrolls where they basically kind of give you all of the information of how we got to this point. Um, you know, so you get the the 2015... I should put my glasses oh, on. Oh, gotcha. Uh, the 2015 permanent colony established on the moon, 2032, uh, commercial mining on Mars, 2040, deep space vessel event horizon launched, all that, all that shit um this is probably a dumb thing to nitpick but how do you how do you guys feel about that because i've ne- i've i've always wished that these these uh things would come naturally throughout the conversation or context clues in a movie um how do you guys feel about it or don't you care i think it's fine i don't really have a problem with it uh it's it's usually in like military films mm-hmm. or like kind of space expedition movies so it's i don't really see it too much yeah, they but I, did, I didn't mind it here. Sorry, they did a lot in the '90s. I yeah. don't have a problem with it too much either. Simple premise setup, and then just kind of let the movie unfold. I noticed that they try to do it on movies that are also trying to be deeper than they are. Um, but I thought it was pretty funny that uh, it said 2040 deep space research vessel event horizon launched to explore boundaries of solar system she disappeared without a trace beyond the eighth planet neptune it is the worst space disaster on record i just found that kind of interesting that in this in this world by 2040 there's so many things that have probably happened in space travel and just a ship disappearing is the (laughs) like the biggest disaster on record they don't even know if anybody died or if the planet or if the thing that got destroyed it was just it disappeared and it's the biggest disaster. Yeah. So they say, yeah, here's another like continuity error, but they say in the beginning that 
it disappears. But when Sam Neill is explaining to them, the crew, he's, he says, um, you guys might've all thought that, um, uh, the ship exploded on impact or whatever. And he gives them like a full blown. Ex- he like, he knew. Yeah. He and obviously he, knows, but yeah. well, I think that they were trying to imply that it was like on a need to know basis because he's like from, you know, NSA or whatever, mm-hmm. like, they didn't want to tell you, which I think is funny that they all went on this mission and they all came out of retirement, so to speak, and they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. They, like they all just kind of like, were like, yeah, I'll do a mission. <laughs> How much? I'll go to Neptune. <laughs> <laughs> why? Yeah. Why? I don't know. That's a good. That's I'm a good not question. trying. I'm, I'm not trying to shit on this movie. How much? Uh, how much do you think a ship like that will cost? Probably like two, three. Yep, two or three. Maybe four. I don't know. Oh, four. That's pretty high. <laughs> I don't know the average prices of spaceships, Brendan. <laughs> I'm just curious. I have no <laughs> idea. I genuinely have no clue. I think Kyle's spaceship cost. I think Kyle's over this. Um, no, I'm not over it. I'm not over it. <laughs> I do, dude. It's crazy. Um, I'm actually playing Dead Space remake right now, and it's crazy how much I think that they took from Event Horizon. They had to be inspired yeah. at least a little by Event Horizon because Dead Space's premise is like a lot of the setup from Event Horizon, even down to like. Well, I don't want to say too much, but like. There's like a religious hell kind of thing involved in it, and yeah, it's totally, dude. I I guarantee you, the the creator of Dead Space was inspired by this movie. How was that, by the way? I'm really early on, but I played the game before. But so far, the remake is 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 very spot on. It's very good. Is it like have they added anything, or is it just more like updated graphics? And oh no, they've added a lot. They've changed oh. the gameplay entirely. It, it, oh, wow. it used to be chapter based. Now it's open world. Oh, wow. um, it's 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 completely different, but like the same. But yeah, it's a different same, but different. But different. What's yeah. that? Is that from something? It's the interview. Oh, okay. Yeah, Jesus. Um, what a what a rousing conversation. I'm I'm sorry. I I couldn't think of any good questions for this movie. Um, there uh, there is one shot that I think is absolutely beautiful, and I'm I'm curious as to if you guys uh, if you guys caught this. But when Sam Neill is crawling through the um, the vents, those like the green the green uh, it's like the vent. Matrix. Yeah, sure. And um, there's that like really cool. <laughs> <laughs> is it like the matrix oh because Lawrence fishburne's in both of them yeah it's like the nebuchadnezzar this whole ship's like the, this is a prequel to the matrix yeah i've only seen the first only one different <laughs> it's it's different it's a little different um but there's this uh this beautiful shot when he's crawling through the vents and he hears either his wife or his ex-wife or his girlfriend whoever that person is um and there's that really beautiful vertigo shot um I was curious as, as to if you get, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah it pulls back and yeah, yeah, no, it's really cool. Yeah, I think that's I like a beautiful shot. And I wish that they would have focused more on having nice, interesting shots rather than just setting the camera down and letting the, oh. I mean, I think there's a decent amount of great shots. Um, I mean, in the beginning with, with the, uh, the last remainder human on the, the event horizon he's like getting lifted up in front of the window the cross in the background that's a great shot i mean that, i think that's on the poster some of the posters um and then some of the slow motion is really cool too especially they they they, they work a lot with the waters and uh, the blood and all that i think you know yeah there, there definitely are interesting shots i just wish that they would have focused more on the cinematography uh to to capture these really horrific things that are ha- although and beautiful uh, sets yeah, yeah. Or ian as a as a found footage fanboy how do you feel about the uh, the hell orgy stuff oh that was cool oh, it's so fucking beautiful that was really cool i wish dude i wish this movie had space monsters just like dead space that would have been amazing that would be dude even down to the crazy fucking Orgy. You're talking about the when they look at the camera, right? And they're yeah. like, they look at the footage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
even that Super. shit's like like I shouldn't say that shit's like Dead Space. Dead Space is like that. Like yeah. there's like there's a lot of influence there. I think Dead Space pr- probably okay. So Glenn Schofield. Not to talk about Dead Space. I tried to not talk about it that much. Just talk about it. Just to like go back to the comparisons. I think Glenn Schofield was obviously a fan of this film, and I think that he took a lot of those things that like Ian said that he wanted to see more of like maybe the ship falling apart and the people going crazy and everybody killing themselves mm-hmm. like that like cuz there's a lot of that in dead space as well and i think that um i kind of would have it's cool to like wonder like oh man what happened to this station before everything went wrong it's like a very rapture thing in bioshock or an ishimura thing in dead space but like i think this would have probably been better if it would have shown more of that or had more influence on the story progression of the movie, at least like something show something, but which I think some of the deleted scenes from what I was reading, the deleted scenes go a lot more into kind of the lore of everything. Yeah, that would, that would have been cool. I think it's only like an hour and 40 minutes long, right? Uh, yes. And the, so, the original cut is two hours, 10 minutes, two hours, 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah. So that's an extra 30 minutes of, yeah. of, content that we're missing out on so fuck you paramount not not a friend of the show yeah not a sponsor not a sponsor good fuck them don't use our code at checkout um we don't have one for you to use not a sponsor (laughs) um so okay uh let's get into unless there was anything else that you guys wanted to discuss for this movie uh let's get into final thoughts and ratings uh Kyle, let's go with you first. Calculator. Um, I was I was saying I was pulling up. Sorry, I didn't mean to say calculator out loud. I don't have much else to say about this movie. Um, for the people that really like it, cool. I'm I'm glad you guys like it. I'm glad there's I'm glad Event Horizon is out there for you, and you enjoy this film. I thought it was fun, and I actually do want to buy the film because. There is things about it I enjoy, and I like the concept of it. I like how there's a lot of things that were inspired by this film, and a lot of things that I like um, that were, you know, inspired by this film to me are better, and and took this and ran with it with different ideas and and made more interesting ideas. But I like how this is kind of the source of that, and uh, you kind of see where a lot of these ideas came from, and um, it's got a good cast, and it's. There are fun moments, but I think for the most part, to me, it's just so messy that it's just, it kind of takes me out of the experience a lot. And uh, um, I'm going to give this uh, two and a half stars. Two and a half stars. Sorry, I was trying not to burp. Ian? Wow. Being a PWSA fan, um, it's a fun movie. He makes dumb, fun movies. Uh, it's not Oscar bait. None of his movies are Oscar bait. And I feel like he doesn't even try. He, he just makes movies he wants to see. And I respect it. I respect it. He, he, he usually gets great cast members and um, some, fun, some fun moments. And, uh, you know, this is a near-perfect film. So I'm going to give it a heart and a three and a half. Three and, Three and a half. half. That's all. That's that's how I can possibly get. So let me just do some math real quick. Oh, and that's a sad score. Um, I think this movie is super fun. Um, I love the kills. I love the isolationism. The isolationism of it. Uh, it could be better. It could be a lot worse. Uh, Sam Neill, beautiful human. Love him and everything that he's in, uh, except that one thing. Um. Can't wait to buy the the Scream Factory of this because the cover on that is absolutely dope. They they nail everything that they do that they uh, uh, re release. So I'm going to Ian. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with your score on that, and I'm gonna give it a three point five in a big old fat heart. Uh, so that brings the official score for 1997's Event Horizon to a 3.1666. Very fitting. Uh, So that will round down, unfortunately, to a 3, but with a heart. Uh, I'll take it. 
I think that's still fair. passing grade. Still a I think passing it's very grade. True. D's get degrees. Right, I, dude. I thought I was gonna love this movie. I did not. Yeah. I, I I thought you were gonna really dig it too, especially with you playing Dead Space, right? Dude, now, with right? how much, with how people talk about this film, the year that it came out, the cast, like it had everything going for it. On paper, this is a Kyle film. On execution, it was not a Kyle film. It's definitely overhyped in certain communities. I think that's incredibly fair. overhyped. Definitely yeah. overhyped, but it's it's solid. But also, a lot of people that I know and trust love this movie, too. Yeah. So, like, this is definitely a me thing, for sure. Yeah. You trust us? I didn't say I love you. Oh. <laughs> well, before we get into the world's favorite, second favorite podcast game after Fresh or Rotten, uh, we are going to take a quick commercial break. Please enjoy this Ruminations of Red Rum Thick Piss Break and listen to the other shows on the Ruminations Radios Network. Oh my god. Nailed it. I, yeah. That was the best one yet. Nailed it. What's up, gang? This is Hoptimus. You've been listening to one of the great new podcasts from Ruminations Radio Network. If you want some more tasty sound vibes, come check out my new podcast, The Retro Futurist Culture, where we talk about alternate timelines, cyberpunk, anime, and other crazy worlds. If that does not strike your fancy, we have plenty of other great shows at RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. And we're back. That was a great, that was a great sponsor segment. Some some wonderful shows. Go check them out after you check us out, of course. Um, all right. So we are now going to play the game that is titled "What's in the Box." What's in the box? This is the game where I will. Uh, we're going to use uh, an app called Letterbox. It's a good app. It's uh, it creates aggregate scores based off of uh, users' ratings of movies on a zero through five star rating with also half stars thrown in there as well. Um, I will read the tagline and the description to a movie and my co-hosts will have to guess the star rating within a 0.3 percentage space. Um, And then after that, we're going to go into round two where you will have to guess the decade. Um, if you get the point, if you get the percentage point on the point, oh my God. If you get the thing on the... Th- I don't know why. If, if you get the point <laughs> on the point, you get an extra point. Get the point on the point. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, and there is a theme to these, uh, to these movies. And if you can guess what the theme is, you will get an extra Two points. Two this, points? This, this is a deep one. This is a deep one. Oh, okay. All right. Gentlemen, are we ready? I am ready. For continuity's sake, so far year to date, Kyle's at one. Brennan is at two. Ian is at one. Brennan is in the lead. One? I only have one? You only have one. Wait, didn't I get three? I thought for bodies, bodies, like bodies. Three. No. I feel you like know. we all had two at one point. Okay. As of the last episode, Brennan has two. I think we started over like twice, though. Okay. All right. Yeah. Number one. If you think you're ready for Freddy, think again. It's been many years since Freddy Krueger's first victim, Nancy, came face to face with Freddy in his sadistic, evil ways. Now Nancy's all grown up. She's putting her frightening nightmares behind her and is helping teens cope with their dreams. Too bad Freddy's decided to herald his return by invading the kids' dreams and scaring them into committing sewer slide. 2.6. Ian's got 2.6. 2.8. Actually, nah, surprise. This is a better answer. No, I Surpri- t- no, I'm sticking with 2.8, though. Okay, surprisingly, uh, you are both very incorrect. <laughs> I am 1.5. I know, I am shocked. I didn't, even, I didn't look at the percentage on this. Uh, it is not. Oh, I almost just said that. <laughs> It is a. Uh, you know, it's a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. It is Nightmare on Elm Street Three: Dream Warriors, three point six. Wow! Wait, right? you said three? Yeah, three. three Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors. Okay. Yeah. And this is. It takes place thirty years after. No, I said it's been many years. 
Oh, I heard 30 years. I was like, what? <laughs> All right, I thought yes. this was the remake. Um, okay, yes. so Dream Warriors, the 80s. 90s. Ian gets the point. It is 1987. It's the only one I've seen. I haven't seen any of them. Number two. Tagline, the lucky ones die first. Based on Wes Craven's 1977 suspenseful cult classic, The Hell... The Hell's Eyes is the story of a family of a family road trip that goes terrifyingly awry when the travelers become stranded in a government atomic zone. Miles from nowhere, the Carter family soon realizes the seemingly uninhabited wasteland is actually the breeding ground of a bloodthirsty mutant family. And they are the prey. So this is um, Nightmare on Elm Street 7. Revenge... Yep. Of the spider squanch. Um, I'm going to go 3.2. 3. 3.2. 3.0. 3.3. 3.3. No, that's too high. 3.2. You, you keep nailing these ones, dude. I'm going to say 3.1. Oh, let me go first next time. Well, Kyle, if you would have stuck with 3.0, you would have gotten two points. (laughs) But you are both correct on this one. It is The Hills Have Eyes at a 3.0. Guess the title. Tell us the title before we guess the year. Well, the title was in the fucking description. (laughs) Um, Are they all Wes Craven movies? Nope. I mean, are they, though? No. Oh, okay. They're all sequels to Wes Craven movies. <laughs> they're um, all directed. They're all. Uh, ins- they all. They're all what inspired Paul W. S. Anderson in his early years. Uh, I'm gonna uh, go seventies. Seventies, yeah. Seventies. So I guess you guys didn't hear me say be- based on Wes Craven's 1977 movie. Uh, uh, you are both no. incorrect. It is 2006's The Hills Have Eyes. But Wes Craven didn't direct that. He, he didn't, didn't say that he did, did he? I thought he said he did. Yeah, I, th- I thought he said he did. <laughs> it It is a Wes Craven movie. He directed it? Yeah. He directed the remake? No, he, the original. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, we... we, we never <laughs> we never This episode <laughs> is off the rails. Okay, number three. Wow. The Gardner family moves to a remote farmstead in rural New England to escape the hustle of the 21st century. They are busy adapting to their new life when a meteorite crashes into their front yard, melts into the earth, and infects both the land and the properties of space and time with a strange otherworldly color. To their horror, the family discovers the alien force is gradually mutating every life form that it touches, including them. This is the first episode of Dragon Ball Super... (laughs) Shit. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, I know what movie it is. Superman uh, we, Returns. We've talked about it before. Oh, have we? Mm-hmm. Oof. It's directed by Wes Craven. Uh, I'm going to go 3. Point... Wait, Kyle, did you want to go first? <laughs> you can go first. <laughs> I'm holding my hand out like a Dr. Seuss character. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, like the long. Yeah, they got like curved long fingers. Curved um,. Three point one. Oh, you know what did you say? Three point one. Three point one. Go on. Two. I'll go two. Okay, so Kyle, you're three point one. Hmm. Ian, you're three point two. Mm-hmm. Okay, Kyle, you get a point. I mean three point one. I mean, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Ian, you get two points. Oh! <laughs> Guess the decade. Guess the eighties. Nineties. We were both incorrect. It is 2019's Color Out of Space. Sorry. Color Out of Space. Oh, yeah. That damn movie, yeah. man. It's coming up so often on this podcast. Yeah. yeah. Why do you keep bringing up that rapist movie, Brendan? I, I don't know. All right. 
number four. I'm going to get through this one fast. Last one. Tagline. Lived any good books lately? Wait, lived? Lived. <laughs> lived yes, any good like, books movie. Lived through them? Gotcha. The Reading Rainbow. I fucking love this movie. With the disappearance of hack horror writer Sutter Kane, uh, all hell is breaking loose. Literally, author Kane, it seems, has a knack for description that really brings his evil, creepy crawlies to life. This is a terrible description. Insurance investigator John Trent is set to investigate Kane's mysterious vanishing act and ends up in the sleepy little East Coast town. Of Hobbs End. Well, this is um, the brother of The Undertaker, obviously. Um, I'm going to go 3.4. 3.1. You are both incorrect. It is a 3.8. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Guess the decade. 90s. Ian was really blown away by that. Sure. Uh, 80s. 90s. It might be an 80s movie. 90s. 90s. I don't even know what it is. You are both correct. It is 1994's In the Mouth of Madness. Oh, yeah. Kyle, you can tie this up if you can guess what oh, connects. Uh, yes, uh, Ian 5, Kyle 3. Uh, Kyle, Jesus. you can tie <laughs> this up. Scores? <laughs> I felt like I was losing. <laughs> you were not. Um, if you guess what connects all four of these movies together. Gotcha. Wait, what can I guess? No, yeah. Well, let him go I, first. No, he I, can guess. Go ahead. Okay, okay. Good. Oh, man. I'm going to let Kyle go first because... These are all films better than Event Horizon. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to Do you want to take a real guess? Sure, I'll take a real guess. Um... Uh, they are all films about. They're all films starring Liam Neeson. Sam Neill. Sam Neill is what I meant. Sam Neill. <laughs> okay, that's your guess. Ian, what's your guess? Okay, that's obviously not right. Um, no, right? <laughs> no, no. I'm, just, I'm asking. I'm asking. I'm asking for your guess before I give an answer. I feel like that was going to be my guess. What was the second movie? Sorry. Uh, the second movie, The Hills Have Eyes, two thousand. Hills Have Eyes, two thousand seven. Oh, yeah, he's not in that. He's not in that. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go. It's all. They're all movies involving the same. Uh. Uh. Um. Dreams. Uh, makeup designer. Ooh, good guess. That's actually a really good yeah. guess. Um, you are both incorrect, unfortunately. This uh, each film stars one of the top four build actors in uh, Event Horizon, and I will tell you who those top four are in specific order right now. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, number one. Sam Neill, number two. Kathleen Quinlan, number three, and Jolie Richardson, number four. Cool. So. The more you know. The more you know. All right. GG's, boys. That leaves uh, here to date Kyle at one, Brendan at two, Ian at two. That it does. Uh, but this has been. Wait, hold on, let me get my thing. This has been another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum, the optical effect of the Ruminations Radio Network. Uh, if you like what we're doing here, be sure to uh, give us a follow on Twitter. That's of Red Rum, OF Red Rum. The OF does not stand for OnlyFans. Uh, you can uh, check out the other shows over at uh, ruminationsradionetwork.transistor.fm. Is that correct? Did I get yes, that right? Okay. I think so, yeah. Um, also, uh, you can follow us on Discord. Uh, you can join our Discord which the link for that is in our Twitter bio, um, other stuff. Oh yeah. Make sure to, uh, you can, uh, rate us on Spotify, Apple music, Amazon podcasts, wherever you get your, uh, lip, lip, libsyn, lip sync, whatever that is. Um, wherever you, uh, get your podcast stuff. Uh, but that being said, I have been your terrible host of this episode. No, Brendan. you nah, have not. I, Don't give me this that not, crap, no. Brandon. <laughs> Um, Brendan, that's me, Mr. Fantastic. And with us, as always, the Slick Black Cadillac.
the man, the myth, the legend, the Kyle with the K. If you enjoyed this movie, go watch Danny Boyle's Sunshine. And also, the paranormal activity himself. Ian with... Michael, if you end up hating Danny Boyle's Sunshine, watch Pandorum. Hell Ratma, and stay spooky fools. Mm-hmm.